0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Self-Agency Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is a space where we explore, discover, and share tools, techniques, and wisdom to help you build and maintain a sense of agency. Mm, welcome everyone. I am so excited for this basically opportunity because I haven't been able to talk to Oceana in quite some time. So to pop on this call, to see your face, to hear your voice, my heart is just so full already and I can't wait because when I first met you, I was just like, who is this little (laughs) bundle of love and joy? I just have been so blessed to meet such incredible people and we've actually had the opportunity to Run a yin and acoustic class together where you sang during yoga. And the whole time, my whole soul was just like, I don't want to be teaching yoga. I just want to do this right now because you are so talented and so incredible in all that you do. Your voice is so powerful. Your offering is so incredible. And I'm just really, really looking forward to diving into this conversation with you. So thank you for being here. Thanks, lovely. So happy
1: to be part of this. Mm-hmm. You know how much I love you. So it's it's like I can't say it better than you. I'm just like with butterflies in my heart. So I yes. just, I'll talk yeah. I'm in that hour.
0: <laughs> We're gonna dive in. And what yeah. I would love to start with is just giving a little bit of background, like who you are, where you're coming from, where you are now, and kind of everything in between. So sharing a little bit of your story, maybe some of the Challenges and the spaces that you've dove into since we have met before that, after that, and everything in between, and then we'll dive into some of the juicy questions. Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: it's hard, you know, because often when people say, Who are you? It's hard to not say, Well, I am this. I'm a yoga teacher, you know. I've always tried to find a better answer, and then lately I'm like, I don't know what to say else. So um actually there's a i don't know if you've listened to daniela Laporte a lot but she defines herself first by her values her core values and i kind of mm-hmm. like it, kind of nice so um but i i guess the best way to start is like i'm very um joyful so i've always tried to live like that so i was before a golfer i don't know if you knew that yeah i was a golfer before uh, for like a couple of years it was 18 years of my life and at the age of 22 I decided that it was not I just lost passion and it's very hard to for me to live something if I'm not passionate about it just if I'm not 100% in I'm out so then I decided to quit everything and start traveling and was fell in love with yoga fell in love with mindfulness and really understanding a bit of my fears and who I am and what is it all about? And so, yeah, became a yoga teacher, a Reiki teacher. Met you on the way. Got super inspired by all the crew in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Traveled quite a bit huh? quite in New Zealand, Guatemala, and Switzerland, in Australia. And um, I guess in the last couple of years, before, golf defined me a lot. But in the last couple of years, I'm definitely way more tuned into the yoga. You know, I've done tons of hours of training and um Tons of that are in training in Reiki as well, and lots of meditation, and I guess that's become really what I love, what I care for, and mm. it's been fun lately because I've got some project to mix golf and yoga to try to bring that mindfulness into a world that's so not so much into it, and so it's very cool because it's very yin yang, and um lately it's been a project that's been fun. Wow, um, yeah, that would be a
0: little intro. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So when you say that golf defined you, what did that look like? What was that for you?
1: So I got a scholarship to play in the States. So you you have this title, right? You're like a little you're a little person that comes in on a scholarship to play for the golf team. And that's your first thing. That's like literally the first thing. And throughout my whole life, whenever someone like I was always at school and missing every fridays because i was in competition so i was always titled as the golfer Mm. and so it starts to define you it's something you do but that's what i say always we're not human doings we're human beings Mm -hmm. and i got into this into what i did was defining me and golf was such an identity i traveled the world for this right and i competed all over the world and it was all i was putting so much intention and effort and discipline into and time And so it was very hard to separate myself from that because it was what I was waking up for. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to separate yourself from something that is a part of your identity that does define you. So Mm -hmm. when you made that decision, when you felt it in your body and you were like, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I need to take a step out What did that decision-making process look like? Because that can be terrifying. It can be overwhelming. How did you navigate that? Um, I guess the hard part is everyone saying, you're crazy.
1: You've done done this so many years since you're four until 22 and now just, you want to drop it. You're crazy, you know, like you're, you're so lucky. You have this talent. And so that was the hard part because you have to stay so grounded and say, no, and even tonight, actually, because uh, it's night here. <laughs> it's 11 p.m. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I love this. I was just having dinner with my dad and he was like, do you ever want to start golf again? And I was like, no, because it's not starting golf. It's starting a new, uh, again the lifestyle. And so I guess that was hard. It was hard to live a team too. And to every day I was waking up for one thing, to get better at something. And so I lost a bit of purpose as well. So I got a bit lost and like, well, now what's my purpose? So I guess Mm. that was the second challenge. It's like the doubt that people put you and then you being like, well, shit, now what do I do? You know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's funny. High levels athletes, like I understand them. There's lots about this that's super interesting and how they react with it. But yeah, we do define, we get caught into that. And then there's actually a lot of, in the States, a lot of psychologists follow athletes after the career to help them not get stuck into well, I'm nothing if I'm not
0: that athlete, you know? Exactly. Yeah, oh. because I can imagine how hard it would be to choose to step out and walk away from something and then the identity crisis that may come into that. But then also for somebody who has it taken away from them, either by injury or illness or something like that, and has that identity taken from them. So there's yeah. so many elements of it because our core need is of belonging and to feel like we are a part of that community and that we have an identity and we can participate in that. So to choose to walk away from that and then be like, okay, well now what? That's got to be so tough. So did you go through any kind of challenge or adversity or maybe some darkness after you walked away from it? And what did it look like to... find yourself again like you basically have to reconstruct you and come back to who is OCN and what does that look like
1: yeah good questions I love you (laughs) I think um I think I'm still in this I'm still in the reconstruction to be honest Mm -hmm. it's it's only just it's been three years and it's only been three years but I do still feel in the reconstruction of it because I do find sometimes like yes, I do love yoga, and I do love teaching, and I do love those things I've been doing, but it's like, is it my soul call? Does that make sense? And it's hard, and I still feel like um, I'm in this, I'm in the, very passionate, so I don't get too much caught up in it, but in a time where, in a time where you, I don't know, for confinement, there's not as many life classes and yoga and stuff, you have more time, and you're like, and I definitely find it hard to connect well, you know, for yoga classes, free online, it's an amazing tool, but it's also hard to connect. And in t- moments like this, I'm like, I have more time to think because less classes. And you're like, huh, what, what's me? What I'm made for? So I, I guess I'm still in it, to be mm-hmm. honest. No, I, miss, no. I, miss, um, I miss the simplicity of waking up and knowing what you were going to do. And knowing mm-hmm. that this is the, the job of the day, right? And yeah. the team, and I love what you said, it's true. We do want belonging. So it's like, where do I belong? And
0: I don't get that, I don't get too caught up in the, in the doubt, but I do ask myself. Yeah, about that. Absolutely. Do you think maybe that's part of why it can be so hard to walk away from a job, a career, a sport team, even a relationship? It can be so hard to walk away from that because of the, who am I going to be outside of this? And what does that look like? and that need and that because it feels so secure when you're like i wake up in the morning i know who i am i know what i'm doing everything is laid out for me and then if we have that inkling to maybe walk away from something there is that like okay well what is my purpose how do i how do i know what i'm going to do with my day because when we have one identity and we walk away from it there is a reconstruction or a refinding of it. So I wonder if that is part of why so many people stay in situations, jobs, experiences, whatever, that don't serve them. Because it is like, okay, my day's easy. It's laid out. I know exactly what I'm here for. All is well. And if I step outside of that, I've got a whole lot of things to figure out. And that's scary.
1: Yeah, I, I guess you're right. You know, I think we... Yeah, we do get very, very, very caught up in the identity of the job or the relationship or the friendship or the place we are in. And it's very hard to get out. And I think it's like one of the biggest thing that's, that's starting to come up to the conversation and people are trying to realize it. Because I think, again, I had a very cool conversation with them tonight and they were like, your generation just asked themselves so much more questions than us. And I'm like, yes, it's true. But also it's, we also, maybe a generation that's waking up and asking different questions. And this, you know, it's so much in the question. Like, I get, like, we don't just stay in it. And if we stay in it, we still ask ourselves the question. Is that right for me? Is that the best decision? And things like this. So I do think that people still get caught up and stay in situation because they don't know how to define them. And it's very scary. It's so scary to say... You know what? I'm just gonna stop this and actually redefine myself because we're so caught up in things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like I always say this. I guess it's so much more fun to try and do something that's hard, but at least than to stay uncomfortable in something and and feeling stuck. To me, it's like you have the choice. You can stay stuck and feel repressed, or you can at least try to break it and at least you're moving and you're still in a different kind of pain because it's hard, but at least. You're going to discover something on the way, right? Exactly. You got to make it very, a little bit lighthearted and be like, excuse my language, but you can say, okay, let's go, you know, just go. Yeah. And you're very yeah. much like this. Yeah. You got to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And yeah. defining yourself or stopping a job or stopping your relationship needs time, but it's it's so possible to uh, yeah. just
0: drop the weight. Right. And it's those external expectations that I think are really, really hard to break as well. Because I remember there's been multiple things in my life where I was maybe really gifted at something or I got offered a job that was like the ideal job and the best thing ever. And when I said no to these things or I walked away from them, everyone was like, Are you insane? What are you doing? You're walking away from job security, or you're walking away from something that you would be so good at, you're giving it all away, or if it was a relationship that everyone else thought was perfect, they're like, are you insane? Like, he's so great, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, and. That's all surface level. That's your perception. That's what you see. That's the reality that you want to create for you. That's not what I need. And that can be a really scary place to say, like, I hear your concerns, folks, but I need to do this for me, because I have to live my life. I have to live with it. I need to be in that situation. And I think it, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability to sit with yourself long enough to be certain and say, like, I hear what everyone else is saying, but I need to honor me and I need to go in that direction. Yeah. like well done. Thank you. That's, that's big.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's super It's super true and I don't think it's as easy for everyone I think it takes a personality you know I think mm. we do have that in common. but I do think it's accessible to everyone just a different amount of thoughts and maybe work on yourself right some people will have to really get out of their comfort zone and really push harder yeah. So I don't want to take it for granted and say, oh, everyone can do it. I do re- we do realize like, that it takes a personality, but it is accessible to everyone. There's, you know, we do, have to, we do have to break out from whatever noise is around and tune in and tune in again and tune in again. It's so important because, it's, like you said, it's you who's living the life in your shoes. We have to. We just have okay. to otherwise. That's, like this also as well, the difference in our generations. The generations before didn't have that many choices, so they kind of went for it. But us, because we have more choices, it's good and bad, because it's good because we do have more options, but it's bad because at some point, we just have to be so sure and yeah. just say, I trust, and I don't have to hesitate more and move yeah.
0: on. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if you feel the same, but sometimes the choices... Can feel so overwhelming and almost crippling. And I find that, like, I have this almost greener grass mentality a lot of the time. And that's kind of what I grew up with. And that was a big thing that I had to work on because I was raised in a way to think I can do anything, be anything, sky is the limit, go for it, all of that. And I, like, took that to heart. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, here I go. I'm just gonna make all this stuff happen. And then there's some times where I sit back and I'm like, oh God, there's so much there's, it is unlimited. Like, especially with the technology we have, the advancements in so many different industries that we've seen, the, the right to freedom. Like we have so much choice now. Everything is so fluid and movable that there's times where I look at it and I'm like, this is overwhelming. Like, what do you choose? And I definitely, (laughs) found that the most when I was in crucial transition stages, when I was in crucial places of making a decision of what I wanted to do next. And it was those moments exactly like you said, I had to really silence everything around me, almost take all of the options out and just say, okay, what would be ideal? What do I actually want? What's the life that I wanna live? How do I wanna live each day? What does that look like? And then kind of baby steps from there. Because it can be overwhelming and it can feel like, oh, well, maybe that option's better or maybe that relationship could have more fulfillment. And all of these what-ifs feel so attainable. They feel like we can actually do every what-if that we think of. And it's like, yes, and how do we come back to being grounded in the present moment, grateful for what we actually have, and honor the decisions that we've made and actually be okay with that, with yeah. Have you ever found that have you ever found like the overwhelm of options available yeah big time
1: those days lately because like (laughs) it's just so much when and as well like with my partner we're just like okay now what then it's amazing because we're like we can do everything but then we're like yeah but we can't do everything we also have to choose something yeah. And you know what? Because as well, it's a, a podcast, and I think it's nice to share. There's a technique I've been using lately that has been helping me a ton.
0: Tell me everything. It, yes.
1: <laughs> so, and I'm sh- actually still practicing it. But um, I have my one of my best friends. She's a, a runner, and uh, and she's training for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so we all have this very cool conversation of we really want to get better and understand the mind. And we've always written, write, uh, been writing a lot. We've been. I love to write and I think you do too right like it's mm-hmm. so important and she told me a couple of weeks ago well I'm I'm starting to do something that she's heard on a podcast so I'm like let's keep on sharing the right? yeah. vibe she actually because she says you know when you write comes a point where you don't have anything more to say but instead of that when she wakes up she, like I do, I, I have the fertile hour. I try not to turn on my phone to do nothing to keep my mind in this waves that are soft, that are fertile and everything is possible and calmer and clear. Yeah. Well, she used that first hour and she actually set a timer for an hour and she starts to write and she says, Ocean, I get to 25 minutes and I'm like, I have nothing more to say. But then she says, I, because I've put a time of an hour, I... I can take a break and look and sip my coffee, but then I start to write about something else. And then I go and she says, that's where the nuggets of gold are coming because I'm so much more understanding myself. I'm so much more understanding things. And there There's also things that she writes about as a creative way, but to to get to understand better, where do I go? What is it What I'm longing for, right? And to be honest, I've been writing, I've been doing this and it's so helpful because then what's helping me with all this decision and all this noise it's actually turn the volume down on the things that I think I want but are just more attractive than actually what I really want to does that make sense mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely like,
1: turn it down there turn it down and then the ones that stay up I'm like oh you keep coming up and actually this one keeps coming up keeps, and I'm still working on this but it's a beautiful way to actually yeah turn the noise down that's yeah. really what it is right? Because those options are noises
0: and they're beautiful, but they're still distracting sometimes. Yeah. And influential because the external voices influence our decisions and influence what we want or what we think we want or the shoulds. And I think not turning on your phone within that first hour is such sacred time because you are, you're still in that more like slow brainwaves, the calming brainwaves, you're still in that place of reflection. You haven't been inundated with all of the alerts and the emails and the this and the that, and you set yourself up to have a much more mindful day. Whereas if you turn your phone on instantly, you set yourself up and prime yourself to be distracted all day and to be engaged with everything outside of you. So to Mm -hmm. not turn your phone on in that first hour, I think is a game changer for sure. And then I think yeah. the technique that you're talking about, I forget, I th- heard this on a podcast as well, and I'm trying to place it, but I think she calls it like morning pages or something, or just pages. There's some kind of name for it. And that's it's a possible. woman, I think she wrote a book about it actually. Ah, uh, that's possible. I, I don't yeah. remember the of it. Yeah. Yay. And I had done it for a little bit and then it fell off. So now that you say that, I'm like, I need to bring that back into my life because it it was, it's like, It's just such subconscious flow that you write things that you're like, I didn't even realize I was thinking about that. I didn't even realize how much that was bugging me or how important that thing is to me. And it's almost like the most raw, real and candid conversation with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can go back and read it if you don't want. It's there. Yeah. I love that. So it doesn't
1: have to be, sorry, it doesn't have to be an hour as well. It can be mm -hmm. 30 minutes, right? But also what I found was cool, what has been helping in me is like, it's been leading me to write down my fears and just thinking about writing them makes me scared, you know? But actually writing them down and understanding the root of them is also a good way for you to be like, oh, so if I choose this, I actually choose out of fear, no, out of love. Mm-hmm. Out of, of lack or out of fear or out of thing that I just have this choice but how can I think this better is there a new way what if I were a third person right and and it's actually cool because sometimes I'm like I don't want to write this fear you. just writing it but it does have this healing thing mm-hmm. um, that's super yeah and
0: I love uh, that that's,
1: that's yeah what the word, it is um therapeutic
0: you know Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, then in saying that, OCN, has there been a fear that's come up for you lately where you're like, oh, I did not want to address that? And you don't have to give the details, but has yeah. there been one that's come up where you're like, okay, I was so much more afraid of that. And now I've had a different way of looking at it and a different way of navigating it since this experience?
1: That's a good question. Well yeah.
0: <laughs> um I guess the um
1: there's a couple of ones. But the um sometimes I fear how time goes fast. And it makes me scared because I get I'm like, oh my time goes so fast and I wanna be so present, but I'm also in my thoughts and in my doubts and then and then I'm I'm scared scared of this and lately it's this. I'm like, wow, not knowing what's tomorrow is a blessing but also makes me scared because sometimes I'm caught up in like everything could end tomorrow and and that is I wanna live life this way, but also I'm like, Yeah, but it doesn't have to end tomorrow, right? And so it's a fear because then I I create that thing when I'm like, I wanna make sure that I'm taking advantage of every single moment, but then it puts you in this You don't relax, you're always alert, right? So it's a big fear that has been showing up lately and that I'm trying to comprehend differently and be like, hey, what if you saw it differently, right? And so it's a diff, even talking about it, it has been helpful, especially with people who are older than me. I love to ask for advice, like people who, yeah, who just have had more life experience and know how to deal with this, you know? But yeah, I guess that's that big fear. That's yeah.
0: yeah that's that's such a such an important one because I think it gets a lot of people and the people that it maybe doesn't affect it still has some different impact on them because it our time is limited and it's so uncertain so uncertain, <laughs> so uncertain. actually listening to a podcast just the other day Lewis Howes on School of Greatness was interviewing The author of 10% Happier, and his name is escaping me right now, but he wrote 10% Happier. Daniel something, maybe, I don't know. He's the author of that book. And this exact topic came up. So he, Lewis had mentioned something around this culture that focuses and contemplates their death. And it's part of like, as we know, it's, there's meditations around it. There's, there's so many different things that we're, we're told to focus on our end to make us more present right here and now. So there's actually an app that gives you, I think it's like five reminders a day saying like, mm. Hey, contemplate your end and hear the <laughs> inspirational quote. And I was like, wait, what? So the intention behind it is literally to say like, it could end right here, right now. Are you living present? Are you aware and engaged with people around you? So it's like this reminder to contemplate the shortness of life, but also the depth and the beauty of life and saying like, Mm -hmm. be right here, right now. Connect with that person sitting beside you. Put your phone down, like whatever, whatever. And it gives like an inspirational quote around that to re-engage you. So I thought that was really interesting and it's it's meant to be a really popular app, like tons of downloads, tons of people actually getting into it because it is, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest things, like the Dalai Lama talks about it often saying like, yeah, our time is short, but how beautiful and full do you want it to be? That comes down to right here, right now. So I'm so glad that you brought that up and we're vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share that because it's. I don't think we talk about it enough. I think it's an individual fear that we just think about in our own little selves, but it's a collective fear because it's the one thing we all have in common.
1: Yeah. And we do are scared to talk about it. You know, it's like me writing my fear down scares me to write it down. And it's like us talking about it. We're like, no, I don't want to talk about this, but it's actually okay. Just talk this, just talk about this, you know, it's like, Ah. let it out because you do, we, it's, we all feel it. And another trick that I found lately was like, it's to imagine that it's been helping me because it, it brings me a smile. And if it brings you a smile, then it tricks you anyways. And yeah. you, feel, you know, it, it tricks your mind. It's another good trick to make yourself laugh. But yeah, I was cool. like, Ossien, you're so crazy. I was like, you are fearful. You're, you got this, your fears but you stay thinking about them. Why don't you just look at them and be like, hey, I don't wanna listen to you and drop that. And it's crazy because as soon as you do this, it drops away. And my dad always says it. When you have a bad news or when you have a bad day, take a good shower. And like, it's funny, but this morning he had a bad news, like a bad news, just work-wise, not not that important. He went under the shower, he came out, he says, it's all gone. And I like this. We all have those different sort of things. You're actually, separating yourself and say, Yes, I have this fear. I know you're present, but why do I stay in it the whole an hour? Mm-hmm. And I just say, Hey, I've heard you. And then separate myself and say, Now I'm going to think about other stuff. You know, I'm not saying you're escaping it, but when we stay in our fears, we actually stay longer, too much longer. When it's, Why do we like to stay in something that doesn't feel good? It's important to listen to it, but there's a point. It's like, Okay. See you tomorrow or in a week. Yeah, exactly. Like that acknowledgement. That it doesn't control you. There's an amazing book if you haven't read, like everyone in the world should read it. It's called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Have you heard of this book? No. You have to. Literally, I think it's the best book I've read and I recommend the whole world. That was written, I think, in the 30s and it was censored for so long because it was too avant-garde. It was too denouncing. It was too right to be put out. And it's actually amazing because it's the story of a man who, if you free yourself from fears, you get to meet the devil. And then when you meet mm-hmm. the devil, you can ask every question and he has to answer to you. And so the book is the interview and he asks Whoa. the questions, and the devil answers everything. So I don't remember like if it was an experience he a spiritual experience he had, or if it's just imaginary and he wrote it all. But it's amazing because I remember being sarcastic, like, tell me, devil, like, how do you get into people's mind? And like the devil, like, of course, the book is way longer and it's way more profound, but it was, the idea was like, well, it's easy, put them phones in their hands and they're fearful of their Muppets, you know? And it was so denouncing, but so real. Like everyone is, because that helped me so much being like, I imagine a little Muppet, like someone and moving me like a Muppet. And I'm like, okay, come on, give me a break right exactly because 95% of our fears are not real they're not gonna Mm. happen yeah them do happen because life is full of things but you know I do think we need to talk more about this because just talking about it your system is like first you understand everyone feels it so like okay I'm not that crazy and that's helpful and then just like how can we talk about this so we can grow with them and we can actually all the whole like all of us because if you talk about it most like it's your friends enjoy mm-hmm.
0: more and actually discover more and yeah. relax yeah I love that and I'll make sure to put a link to the book in the um, yeah. episode description because I will order it today and I can't Honestly, wait to put my hands on that love, like when you read it let me know I, I would want to read it but yeah it helps. it's
1: very beautiful yeah. I don't I don't know if it's that easy to find to be honest because it's a old book but I think
0: it should be able to track really... it down
1: yeah track it down yeah I saw like one day in like in the middle of Melbourne somewhere random and I found it in a library and I was like what yep. <laughs> and this was like oh I didn't remember I had this
0: oh <laughs> amazing like... I love those books where it just like lands and you're like yep now is the time this is it yeah, exactly. and then it just resonates yeah. so deeply oh I love that yeah, and I better. think there's an element in all of this of taking the pressure off of ourselves and not taking ourselves so seriously because that was as I was so I was listening to that podcast as I was driving and I'm meant to be listening intently to this podcast and being present with it But obviously the little chatter in the back of my head is like, you've got this to do, you've got this to do, this thing needs to happen, that thing needs to happen, and it's like rattling on. And then they get to this point where they're like contemplating their death. And they're like, so does anything really matter? And I was like, oh, yeah, got it. (laughs) Like All this stuff that I've just been rattling off in my head that's so urgent and so important. It's like, is it? Is it though? Is it worth your mental health? Is it worth your physical health? Is it worth sacrificing relationships because you're so invested in this thing that you're doing or this career that you have? Probably not because when we get to that end point, everything we look back on, I'm not gonna remember all the times that I stressed about a job or a deadline or a this or a that, I wanna remember the really juicy, powerful moments that I shared with people and experiences that I had, like the joyful ones, the, the deep ones. So it's, I think it just takes a little bit of the pressure off and we can be like, okay, is this concern really that big? Or like, should you just eat the chocolate and get over it? Exactly.
1: You know, actually, that reminds me of a very cool, um, I had a very cool mentor in the States. And this, this man wrote books as well, very, very insightful. And, and we really clicked. And, um, and one day he was like, I was asking myself, you know, existential question. And he was like, I'm going to say it with a lot of love, but I'm going to say it. Can you stop bitching about it and just do it and I love it I love it because it's sometimes I, I I hear it so many times I'm like yeah it's it's not that big deal and it applies to stop bitching about it of whatever it is but it's like remember imagine if the world was taking it himself or herself or itself I don't know less seriously
0: yeah
1: that would be different if we all could learn and be like and I think we really want to, and I think we'll get there. I think it's just yeah. deprogramming things and reprogramming a better, healthier, funnier thing, right? And it's not to be like, oh, it's rainboys and butterfly. We all have had experience death in our surroundings, and we've all had
0: exactly. fears,
1: but it's, we have to, because your days are counted, then you're going to have a reminder on your phone soon saying... <laughs> hey hey is that, that <laughs> you know just chill out this person can wait five minutes you know Absolutely. it's like, you, it's know like you, with know. Time, you know like i i respect time and i love time like that we have timings but do you have a time like right now i was just late like with you and i would have stressed myself out but i'm like my of course it's not like that important but we could st- stress, stress ourselves out and think it's so important but when you look back you just apologize and say hey I have a problem and that's okay right and it's like yeah. so little things in our lives with stress and like it's
0: not a big deal <laughs> yeah so then was that the basis of the book that you wrote because you wrote a book and it look amazing yeah,
1: yeah you're so sweet I think this I think the the book, uh, the book, yeah, was him. I told him, wife, well, one day I write a book, I will call it that way. Yeah. But I guess the book I wrote was really about this. It was a very, uh, a couple of events that are very hard. And within like three days, literally, like my mom got to the hospital. And then two days later, my family was in a big hurricane, you know, Irma. And mm-hmm. for like 29 hours, we didn't hear anything from them. My sister said, We're in the, in the um, in the closet with the kids we're holding the last door and then no messages for 29 hours so within three days i had like four members of my family and i was like i don't know what's happening right and i guess i just remember sitting in this couch in switzerland and thinking fears like i kept having I was like fears fears there are fears and they were legitimate fears right because it's not an event you want to live yeah but then i was like enough like I don't know anything so Mm. the worst like the best could have happened but it was such a powerful moment where it's like I saw them and I could read them in the sky but I could not I really felt for the first time separated from them Mm. and I was like oh wow okay and I remember saying hey let's let's go for a walk and with my friends we went for a walk and I was people could say you're crazy everyone is in is bad shape and you were going for a walk but I was like what can I do I'm in Switzerland and I love them so much but I can stay in the fear for hours but that's not going to change the end result all I can do is my vibration and my vibration needs to stay high that's all I have to do and we all need to take that responsibility that your vibration needs to stay high so when people say take care of yourself or put yourself first we need to stop this idea of this is selfish we need to know this is crucial for the world because your vibration needs to stay high for the world to stay vibration because if we all go to fear we lower the vibration right and so it'd be cool to change the light so but anyway so that was a big thing and then I guess the writing was very therapeutic again
0: and passing on
1: this idea that there's so much more that we lose time and we and I was a bit younger right I was a couple years ago and I love that book, but it's just fun. It was fun. It was very much for me at first to just get it out of paper and also share things like life can change tomorrow, but these are just fears. And we have to remember to be human beings, not doings. And that we need to stop bitching about it. Right. So that was the sense of it, I guess. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I went on a little tangent, but it's so, so important. important. Right? So Especially important. right now with fear is controlling right now a lot. And so we need like, oh, I'm always like, okay, high vibration. High vibration, because you're not helping if you drop in the fear as well. You're not helping the world. If you want to help, stay
0: high. So what's your kind of practice then in a moment where you can feel Mm -hmm. fear taking over or you can feel doubt or Mm -hmm. you can feel yourself dropping into that space you don't want to go into? Mm -hmm. Do you have like three steps that you take? to bring yourself back up or what does mm. your practice look like so that somebody listening could maybe pull from that
1: oh, I love that question it's beautiful mm. I guess the first thing that happens is I used to stay static and it would like paralyze me so now I know move I don't care what to do whether you're going to walk whether you do yoga you go for do this sport i don't i try not to do workouts in this moment because i think it's a good time to hurt yourself because your body is too much in stress already you want something that's soft so i try to go in something but move because just by your blood flowing and your body moving your mind can't get stuck your thoughts can't get stuck you just because what we tend to do when we're scared is we stay in the fear and we stay in the thing until it's resolved but it's not going to be resolved now. So. Yeah. I I try to for it's literally an effort, right? It's not easy. I have to say, hey O'CN, you know that this is not helpful. Move. So I move first. And then um that's very helpful. I try to stay in it just a little bit to hear the message. And sometimes it's longer than others. Because you don't want to stay too much because I, I've got into this too much to linger in it, to linger, to listen, to listen, but then actually it doesn't help. So try to find that balance sometimes, just to listen but also to move on from it. And then, and I try to be kind to myself and try to talk like, I I imagine what if I was, well, my friend was feeling what I'm feeling. What would I say that person? And I would say, hey, go put some music on, go get yourself. I'm going to make you nice food. And I, and I literally, it's an effort, but I make myself try to treat me like I'm a friend. And it's hard Mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm like, nah, but actually doing it does, change the vibration right and then writing a lot of course but that's that would be a a later Mm -hmm. um writing comes at the end of first thing to like be like this is how i'm feeling right now or it's too sticky for to understand and i write later yeah yeah move feel but don't get stuck in there just feel listen but also try to like put yourself a limit like okay for the next 10 minutes like literally put a reminder in 10 minutes i'm done for today And then um, talk to yourself like a friend. It's so important because we would never talk to ourselves like to a friend like we talk to ourselves, right? Mm. We would never. I would never say, "Suck it up, don't be scared. You're so stupid." You know. I <laughs> like, "Okay, I feel you. Like, do this, do this. Be kind." You know. But then to yourself, it's like, "You're so dumb." <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, get over it. It's not a big deal. Suck it up. All of that, yeah. and it's like, no. Yeah. Oh this is a hard thing <laughs> like, and exactly. even if it's not what somebody else would consider hard it's hard for you in that moment and that's valid that is yeah. okay and it's exactly. reminding ourselves like yeah i'm struggling with this and it doesn't matter if nobody else would i am and this is yeah. my experience right now and i think that's yeah. really that compassion and that treating yourself like a friend is really important because you are all you have. You are literally all you have. Everything <laughs> <Literally. else>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, when we grasp it, you're like, oh yeah, that's true, I'm always with myself. the only person I'll forever be with, <laughs>
0: yeah. me. Holy shit. You're everything else, in a heartbeat. Everything. Like, that thing that you're so attached to, your phone, you could drop it and smash it. Don't have a phone anymore, but you've got yourself. <laughs> like, that. yeah. So why don't we treat ourselves better? (laughs) Like, what is that? We're so hard on ourselves so much of the time. And it is, it's that compassion and saying, Yep, this might be an effort, but we're gonna move our body mindfully, slowly, but we're gonna move it. And I really appreciate the emphasis that you put on not staying too long, not overstaying your welcome, because there is a timeline on it. There is you can sit and feel big emotions and listen to the messages and be very present with it and allow it to come up. But at some point there has to be that accountability to step out and to move out of that place and into more of that building yourself back up and building that resilience again, because I don't think we realize how much we can actually continue the cycle and re- Re imprint that feeling because when we think about it, those hormones cascade in our body. When those hormones cascade in our body, it makes us feel nervous, anxious, angry, sad, whatever it is that we're thinking. And then when we feel that, the brain then thinks it again, and it's this cycle. And that's the cycle that we need to break. So when we are in that, there's a moment of like, okay, what am I meant to learn in this? What message do you have for me? got it. And now I'm choosing to step out. I might not feel a hundred percent. I might not feel happy and blissful right away, but I'm not going to stay in this and I'm not going to keep recycling it and reusing it in my body. I That's a really it. important one. Yeah. 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 Can I ask you what's your three things you'd do? Absolutely. I so
1: would that- love to hear that from you. I love
0: it. <laughs> hmm. Flipping the tables. Perfect. Yeah, because that was a very good
1: question. I love you're a very good question woman. I Always, do,
0: I'm this. so curious. I'm so curious exactly. about everything. So the three things that I do is actually really similar to you. My first one is to acknowledge it and say, "Okay, I notice that I'm in this place, and I'm going to feel it right now. I'm going to learn from it, hear the message, but I'm also." going to let myself be whatever it is. If I'm angry, I'm going to let myself be angry. I'm going to let myself be a little bit irrational or be a little bit emotional right now because I need to move that through my body. And then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, you had your time enough. And I kind of call myself on it and I'm like, okay, are we ready to move past this? And then I go into that space of inquiry of what. What am I meant to learn from this? What messages? And it might not always be in this order because sometimes it feels better to move first and clear the mind and kind of shake things up and out. But that inquiry for me is really important of asking, is this me? Is this something that I need to learn in this? Is this my stuff? Like that's a really big one for me because I'm at a point in my life where I'm not going to take on somebody else's bullshit. Like I'm not doing it. So if that's something that I need to like, yeah, put the walls up and be like, actually, I hear what you're saying, but this isn't a me thing. And then sometimes it is a me thing. Sometimes I crossed a line or I did something that I'm like, Like, oh, that was pretty me. (laughs) That was a me (laughs) thing. Oh, Matt, whoops. And then learn from that. Mm. But I take time to separate myself from it before I take any action. That's a really important one for me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that pause and that, like, I'll probably sleep on it at least. Mm. It's kind of this space of, like, I won't talk to the person or text or like communicate with anyone because I know that my words are coming from emotion. They're coming from fear or they're coming from defense or anything. I need to process that before I respond to it because I know that if I take action in that moment, it's not gonna be a good look for anyone and I'm gonna have to revisit it anyways, so I might as well pause. And then movement, movement is crucial. So if it's in the time where I'm still feeling something, it's really gentle movement, it's really mindful and it's yoga, maybe some form of free form movement or a walk or a hike. And then later, if I still can't shake those emotions from my body, I might go for a run or I might do something a little bit more high intensity to get it out and like really Mm -hmm. expel. Cause I want to get that cortisol and all of the yuck out of my body. So, and I think that's the important part is that it's a process, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's not always going to be in that order. It's not always going going to be like this cookie cutter template of how you handle these things. Mm. but there's there's kind of a structure to it that you can pull from and say okay it is important for me to acknowledge it is important for me to be curious it is important for me to move but I can do it in the order that feels best for me in this circumstance yeah. so those would be my my things that I <laughs> yeah oh so good I loved it and
1: you're right the question is it mine or Oh no, this is a big one too, you know, and I honestly am not good enough at this and I'm so well surrounded with even my partner of my Otalia that, you know, my one one of my bestest friends, yeah. who are always there to check and be like, are you sure this is yours or not? And then so often I'm like, wow, actually no, it's because I had a conversation before and actually I I, I let it get to me because it did impact me and yeah. oh, that was,
0: that was a big one. Yeah. yeah that's a big one. And I think, I think there has to be that differentiation because we're so quick to blame ourselves or so quick to take on other people's stuff and carry their burden. Yeah. And sometimes there's this element of like owning our stuff and being like, yeah, that was, that was you. Like you showed up in this way. What are you going to do next time? Like, let's, let's learn from this because that's yeah. not how we want to keep showing up. And I think I think the other important part is like the spiritual bypassing of it too. Because so often people are like, you're projecting, you're putting <laughs> on me and they, cause they don't want to own it. They don't want to take mm-hmm. responsibility of the thing that they did. And it's like, no girl, you, that's you, you did that. <laughs> you said those things. You don't get to put that on me. Yeah. Own your side of all of it. Because I yeah. think, that spiritual bypassing is so common and I hear yeah. it so often and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's own these things. If you said something offside, i that. not. I'm like, Oh, whoops. Like, you yep. That was, that was my <laughs> ego coming out. And I put her in her place. Yeah. We've had a conversation. Actually, yeah, exactly. It's so good because it's actually just taking back
1: responsibility. Like the other day I had a, a chat with my friend and, and she was like, Oh, I have a job. Well, my best, my same friend who's writing in an hour in the morning, she'll be happy to to do that. But she was like, oh, I'm I'm having a job for 10 hours, but I'm doing way more than just my position. And I was like, then you have two solutions. You can blame your boss, but it's not going to help because it's not going to change. Or take back your response. Just say, hey, in this job, these are my responsibilities. And she said, yeah, but that's, then I also need to tell her like this is not. I say no, you will not need it because you're gonna say, hey, this is my responsibility. You're gonna take it back, and all the other things are gonna be lingering in the air. And mm-hmm. this is the, then she has the it's an offer, and then she takes whatever she either takes back on this responsibility, or they drop to the ground. But you have just you don't have to blame others to. Yeah have back what you think you deserve you just have to say this is my responsibility and I honor that and that's it and all the things are just in the air Mm -hmm. and I guess what you're saying as well that is saying hey I'm taking on this the rest of it is lingering in the air now if you don't want to assume and you project it back to me like I always imagine I have a big bubble around me and that it's like made of of kind of like this thing that goes boing, boing, like they can't wait. So when I see projection of negativity, it's like it goes boing and it goes back away. And I don't care if it goes back, but it's like, it's not going to enter my bubble. And, and it's, it's a movable bubble. So sometimes it goes really close and I'm like, ah, and then it goes back again because you have to be flexible, but it's kind of a cute little image to say, hey, this is not mine. Now you take it back or you don't, I don't care, but don't, like
0: it's mm. not going to end. Field, right yeah exactly I really love that I love that you highlighted the the element that we don't have to blame anyone else yeah. we don't have to make them feel guilty about it or push things back onto them it that's not a that's not what it's about it's not this thing where somebody has to take the blame no it can just sit in limbo it can just chill there because maybe it wasn't actually that important and nobody needs to think <laughs> about that. It. And it's just resolved, <laughs> like, it's great. So many things, so many yeah. things. Yeah. Right, like how many things when you're just like, oh, that doesn't matter to anyone at all. <laughs> like, great, let's just throw that over there then.
1: Yeah, that was actually very unimportant. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: so let's just nobody do that then. Nobody waste their time on that thing. Stop. Yeah, exactly so I take back my responsibility, you take back yours, if somebody wants to pick up these things, great, I'm not doing it. Exactly. I love that.
1: Again, it's not being selfish, we need to break this idea, it's not I'm selfish, it's I want to be good for the world, so I need to keep my vibration high, so if I want to keep, I can't, like I'm learning this big time, but we we can't take all the responsibility it's just silly it's not taking care of your vibration you're just slowing and then you're just participating in this lower vibration yeah so if you want to be you just have to take your responsibility and also this responsibility of your vibration is important in the world just because by being alive and well you make 10 people around you at least happy that you're happy that you're alive and well so that's important
0: i love that The ripple effect is so important and so big, so big. Way bigger than we. Yeah. I have one more question for you. And this is my favorite question because you can take it in literally any direction you want. It doesn't have to relate to anything we've talked about so far. It can be completely out of left field, anything. But think about the world as it is right here, right now. It can be local, it can be global, whatever. But think of one big change that you would want to make or one big norm that you would want to see disrupted and why.
1: Mm. Mm. That's... The first one that comes in, I'm going to be very spontaneous, mm. um, is teach kids very young that it's, that they're safe and that they are, um, that they're human beings, not doings, and that their grades don't define who they are. And instead of, thinking oh i'm not good at math it's saying i have a literature literature kind of mind and i'm very good with words it's really guiding them to what is Mm -hmm. that speaks to them instead of forcing them in other things right and so really working on their connection with themselves because again and I've worked so much with kids and I'm very passionate about this, but I really think that all that we're trying to us at, we're young, we're 25, 30, 35, I don't care, but but still, we still have to dis, dis, deconstruct things <laughs> mm. in order to build and then make a fresh ground, kind of burn it, have a soil that's fertile and then bring new seeds, but it takes time. And I really want, would love that to be, guided with kids so that when they're 25 they don't have they just they don't have to redisconstruct and rebuild and lose time doing this and waste time they could just really truly be in the world and be in this high vibration because i really think that's a very important way to to impact tomorrow and mm. really so that's my why why is because i do believe that at the end of the day humans are When they're kids, their minds are like play-doh, and I would really want them to don't have to waste time with confidence and comparison and all those things, that we really create a stable ground, a really solid foundation for them to truly be their presence that we need in the world, so that save mm. time. And it would be so much more potent and it's such a high vibration.
0: Mm, I love know? that yeah i love that and in order to raise those kind of young people we need to be that we need to be those strong stable resilient and confident humans regardless of if they're our own children or not we need more conscious adults to be able to bring up conscious young ones so i love that and there's so many ways we can go about it so many ways yeah. in a way. remember like, i did the program in new
1: zealand remember i was in yeah. school, around the school and we also do underestimate but to me at eight years old i had such conversations with them and such things happening that i was really blown away i was really blown away because mm-hmm. it is they do listen and you do impact them if you know how to talk to them and connect with them so yeah i would definitely yeah. would love this system to evolve that way mm. yeah. Thanks. sometimes I wonder if that's my sole mission to be honest
0: I yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: little secret put out there yeah
0: I yeah I it wouldn't surprise me if one day you were like I run this organization that empowers kids and teaches them different things I'd be like yeah that makes yeah. sense that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> exactly okay. I love it I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love this time that we got to share. Thank you so much for being so present, so in it, and just so inspirational in the ways that you show up in all aspects and areas of your life. It's just so greatly appreciated. And I cannot wait to see what you do because it's going to be big things. And thank you for making me think
1: yeah, thank you for creating this content as well. Like, I was so I'm very excited to be part of this because it's it's so good to create this conversation for you, for me, for people who listen. It's such a good dynamic. So thank you for creating that space. You're very mm-hmm. much in your in your soul purpose. I oh, mm, love I love it. it. I'm loving this. You're super loved. So thank you.
0: Thank you. you so much for listening and if there's anything anything at all that you want to explore or you have ideas about and want to get into please please drop me a line you can find us at the self-agency advocate on both facebook and instagram and i would absolutely love to chat so let's connect